Hi, this is Steve Sando, El Frijolero Chido from Rancho Gordo. I've got Judd busy watching the bean pots in the back, so I'm in. Those beans look delicious, Steve. And they do, Judd. It's amazing. I wish you could smell this. Yeah, I'm, it's yeah. We need smell a vision on your show. So I'm introducing this episode. It's a dandy as Judd welcomes Steve and Jill Mathiason. They're vintners, viticulturists, and Napa Valley lifestyle livers extraordinaire. They're super folks and good sports handling an unannounced visit from the wine snob robot with good humor and grace. While you're out and about in Napa Valley, be sure and visit Judd's Hill on Silverado Trail. A fun time can be had with fine wines, and it's guaranteed. Visiting info can be found at www.judshill.com. And while you're there, you can join their wine club and, yes, order some wine. And here's a hot tip. If you type in JNVS at checkout, you'll get a 15% discount off your entire wine order. You can come and see me at Rancho Gordo, either at our store on Yahomi Street or online at ranchogordo.com. So on with the show. Enjoy today's show. There you go. Thanks, Steve. I'm hungry. I'm digging in. Mmm. Frijoles deliciosos. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Chad Fegelstein. Good morning. Thank you so much, Lauren Mole. Hey, top of the day, Judd. Top of the day to you, sir. What's happening? Well, I have some incredible news to announce. Is it the mustache you're growing right now? No. Oh, well, we'll talk about that after. What is the incredible news you're about to announce? Well, I have another event coming up with Everybody is a Star. Well, actually, not one, but two events with Everybody is a Star. Not once, not twice. Sold! Twice. Or, okay. Oh, wait. So, what are they? What's happening? Tell me. Well, Saturday, uh, April 5th, I will be performing my music video with Everybody's a Star at the Sonoma Film Festival. No kidding. No, this is serious. That's a good gig. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. And then August, or not, why am I saying August? April, yes. April 6th, the day after, uh, we'll be doing another commitment with the Golden State Warriors on Jewish Heritage Night. And so what does that involve? Uh, this involves everybody's a star as well. This is the day after. And but what will you be doing? Will you be singing the? Na- I know you now, sang the national anthem in now, front of everybody at the Warriors game last month. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But we won't be doing any singing this time. We'll, we'll just be helping out with a special booth. Oh, I see. About the foundation. Okay, great. And would you like to mention the foundation? As long as you're mentioning it, mention what they do. Sure. What we do at Everybody Is a Star. We're a nonprofit based organization. It's based out of Sonoma, and we help special needs youth like me. Uh, showcase their talents in special music videos. Fantastic, and folks can get more information at www.everybodystar.org. And please note, this website goes 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Now let's talk about that mustache. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, are we we still on? Oh, We're still on. I've never seen you with uh, facial hair like that. Is this for a role? I know you're Uh, an actor. It is, because... 
pretty soon I'll be playing the role of Max Duttweiler in The Sound of Music in Sonoma in May. Which, which, you know, which... Hold on a second. There we go. Go ahead, Judge. I had to adjust the microphone there. Oh, okay. Which which role is that? Which one's Max? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I've seen that movie. I've seen the show, but I'm... Ah, I'm blanking right now. It's uh, it's Uncle Max. Uncle Max. Max Detweiler. Can you give us a little preview? Do you have a line? Do you have a tune that you sing? You want to give us a little something? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. The festival competition has now come to its conclusion. Except, of course, we do not know yet what that conclusion will be. And while the judges are arriving at the decision, I have been given permission to offer you an encore. This will be the last opportunity the Von Trapps will have to sing together for a long time. Even now, officials are waiting at this auditorium to escort Captain Von Trapp to his new command in the naval forces of the Third Reich. And so, ladies and gentlemen, once again, the family Von Trapp now to bid you farewell. Wow, very nice. But don't stop there. Just do the rest of the show. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you give us a little song? No, okay, that's fine. we got to leave them wanting something. And when can people see this show that you are starring in? Uh, this is May through May 8th through the 11th at the Sonoma Veterans Auditorium, 126 First Street West, Sonoma. There you have it. If you want to see Lauren and his mustache in The Sound of Music, you know where to go and when to go. Lauren, we've got a big show. Oh, we do. We've got not one, but two special guests sitting with us right now. Would you please introduce them? Sure. Why not, Judd? Growing great grapes and making fine wine. Earning wide renowned customers are forming a line. Here with here today with me and Mr. Judd Fingelstein, it's Steve Mathiason and Jill Klein. Mathiason. Hey, Steve Mathiason and Jill Klein. Mathiason. I like the way he <laughs> said that. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hello. Good morning. Good to see you guys yeah, from from Mathiason, just the eponymous wine label, Mathiason and. Wait a minute. What is? What do you have here? Before we get into it, it looks like you brought a little something. What's yes, I brought some. I guess a goodie bags worth of um, treats oh, here, goodies. and these are um, jams that we make from the fruit orchards that we have in Napa on uh, a couple of different properties, and we grow peaches, plums, nectarines, wow. um, cherries, apricots, figs. Uh, what else do we have on there? Pluots. Did I say that? Wow, those look delicious. I'll tell you what. Is it is it okay if I um, share these goodies with maybe somebody who's listening right now? Sure. We've never done this before, but I think it's about time. Since you brought something I'd like to share, we're going to start a new feature today. At this moment, we've just I've just decided it's called Get Your Hands on Judd's Goodies. Ooh. Yeah, you like the way that sounds, Jill. <laughs> okay, so how this work is going to work, if you would like to have these wonderful Mathiasin homemade jams from the fruit that they grow, simple. Um, I'd be happy to share them with you. All you got to do is send a tweet. Let's tweet about it. Just tweet. Um, I don't know how many folks are going to tweet this. So let's just say the first tweet, because who knows? We won't say, like, the, the 97th tweet will win. Let's say the first, the first person to tweet... Um, getting my hands on Judd's goodies with the hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Getting my hands on Judd's goodies, hashtag JNVS. And if you want extra credit, type in uh, Matthias and Jams and Jellies. How about that? And then after the show, I'll check Twitter and see what's the first one that came in. You'll get that. Okay. I'm very happy to have you guys here. You are very interesting people. 
I've known you some time, and you're multifaceted, multi-talented. You grow grapes. You grow other fruits, trees, orchards. You are winemakers. You, not just winemakers, but, you know, let's just jump into the renown that you've just um, gained that Lauren spoke of in his intro. San Francisco Chronicle Winemakers of the Year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. I think that's worth a, worth a hand. Um, how do... I don't even know where to start. I say this with a lot of guests, but with you, I really don't because there's so much to talk about. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the grape growing? Do you want to start with the the other agriculture? Do you want to start with the winemaking? Do you want to start with the raising your own animals? Do you want to start with the sustainable farming that you're involved in? Where where do you want to go? Well, well, how about the... I, I think we better start with the sound of music. Okay, let's go for it. <laughs> Are you going to give us a little something? Well, I was just thinking about the sound of music, and this is the first time Jill and I have done something like this together. Oh, is that right? And Yeah, usually okay. I'm the front person, and Jill's running the office. Oh, okay. But it's really, it's really the two of us. It's always been the two of us, mm-hmm. and, um, and so it's kind of, I mean, it's great that the two of us are here. And um, I just think back to the, you know, <laughs> so um, the sound of, I remember my mom would always cry watching the sound of music. Uh-huh. And um, and my sister would cry watching the sound of music, and um, and so I, my, I developed this theory that the, the test of a woman that you'd want to be with yeah. is crying during the sound of music. <laughs> and is that you, Jill? Oh yeah, <laughs> I never heard that theory before. So was this on a date or something? Screening did you, process. Did you go see the sound of music to see if she would cry? Was that a test that you did? I, I hadn't taken it that far. I hadn't taken it that far. <laughs> Have you done that but yet? I remember the first time she, we watched the sound of music and she and she started crying. Right on oh. And I was like, there you go. All right. Because I know every word I, to every song by and every like when you started like saying who who the character was, Lauren. I knew exactly who it was. The line that you quoted, I know. She that was line. mouthing along yep. the line while you were saying I know that the whole thing, oh. front to back. Yeah. Okay, so sound of music. You knew you had a, a good yeah, woman there. Exactly. Where'd you guys Where'd you guys meet up? How, let's Let's take it back to there. Did Did you meet? I I heard through the grapevine that you were both involved in agriculture at some point. Maybe you can expand on that. But it was through that that you guys met, and maybe um, one of you actually hired the other as an intern, and it just blossomed from there. Let's hear that story, and then we're getting into everything. You tell it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I mean, I showed I I showed up at um at UC Davis for grad yeah. school, and with my intent being to learn how to farm one way or another. Yeah. And so I had thought I I planned on on I got in for international agricultural development, figuring that the only entry point was to go overseas and um and work in development because here I didn't understand the agricultural industry enough here in the U.S. to even know that there was an opportunity for for work mm. if you didn't grow up on a farm or that wasn't your background you know i was a suburban kid of professors you know where where the hell do you even start right <laughs> and so but i knew i wanted to do this thing so i show up and they advise and i was interested in sustainable agriculture and organics and so they gave me the professor bill liebhart who was a um who was the organic guy and he says what do you want to get out of davis i said i want to learn how to farm he says well you're not going to learn that here <laughs> You need to go work on a farm. And so so um, my new roommate I had just met said, you know, I have this. She, she knew Jill, and she had heard somehow f- through Jill that there was this program where I was going to have an internship down in the Central Valley. Uh-huh. Jill was, at that point, I didn't know this, you know, I didn't know Jill yet, but right. she was working with, um, for a non, she was ahead of me, and she had, was working for a 
nonprofit, the Community Alliance with Family Farmers, which was sort of dedicated to family farming, sustainable ag, and, you know, but working right here in California. And she had done international agricultural development also, but had figured out that there is good work to be done right here. So I go down and apply for the internship, zero experience, mm-hmm. just trying to, you know, you know, and they, you know, just get this job, get a little bit of experience. I'd taken a, immediately took a leave from Davis. As soon as I got, got to Davis, I took a leave from Davis. <laughs> okay. And, um, and so I always, you know, so Jill, so they, they, they gave me the job, uh-huh. and then I find out after through somebody else yeah. that Jill had not wanted them to hire me because I didn't have any experience. Well, I never told them that. <laughs> Wait, had you met him yet? Had you seen those those gleaming blue eyes of his had, and his and shining smile? I thought he smile. was very cute, but I was like, you didn't have an experience. I don't understand why they want to hire him. But <laughs> Wait, it was an intern. I guess the idea is that you're supposed to learn. So. Right, That's true. Yeah. That's true. Wait Lauren. a minute. You just haven't met him yet? Ah, gotcha, Judd. Oh, that song. Are you going to bust into song? Oh, no. Okay, you just wanted a quote. Okay, so what happened? You did hire, how did, how did you decide to hire him? Well, I didn't. Um, we had, like, we had um, farmed out part of the pro- project to these, uh, I guess, pest management consultants, and they hired him to work for them, and so that's what happened. And then we started working together, and... Yeah. And things right. and things blossomed literally and figuratively. That's huh? right. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, I ended up staying working for those pest management consultants after, all throughout Davis and after Davis, and that's how I sort of got into this trade of of consulting. Uh huh. And that's what brought you into the the grape consulting yeah. business because yeah. now you have become kind of the guy. Like you are sort of, sort of not sort of, but you're like the superstar of vineyard. Consulting, when you look at your client list and the wines that have been produced from the vineyards you've consulted on, it's a veritable who's who and, and um, you know, a, a roster of superstars. And I, I still love it. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know, it's visiting these amazing vineyards and, walk, you know, walking through them and strategizing and, and you know, I mean, dreamer, wine business are dreamers, right? It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a... Um, it's not a practical occupation. Yes. And so to sort of help people with their dreams and and in return they help with our dreams. It's so much sharing, give and take in this business. It's it's um it's amazing. I've heard you say and a lot of people say this, you know, how are you? I'm living the dream. But I've heard you two say that and really mean it because you have set yourselves up here. You're like the epitome of the Napa farm family you're like i say growing grapes and fruit and animals and being sustainable and living on the land and off the land it's really incredible and that seems to have been your dream and it's and it's we, come and true for we you we really kind of even got gave up on it a little bit when we moved to napa and we really try to find the right spot and it was just very hard in Napa. You know, the price of land is very expensive. Yeah. And the real estate market was crazy. But we persisted, and we kind of discovered this little, un, you know, kind of a diamond-in-the-rough property that when um, we bought it, it was totally run down and needed a lot of love and attention, and it's got a lot of funky things to it. I mean, we still have water issues. There's many sh- showers that I've taken, like, in the middle of the shower with my head hair full of shampoo we've lost the water oh, there's no. the you know challenge of you know the sheep 
that we raise getting out in the middle of the night or having having the kids be late for school because they had to round up the sheep. I mean, there's <laughs> definitely, you know, lots of stories to tell, but it, it is uh, our dream and, and really kind of the perfect lifestyle for us. I remember one of your sheep. Well, and congratulations, by the way. I mean, it seems like you're so happy and it's such a cool spot that you have. But I, I do remember one of your or maybe it was two of your sheep. I'm trying to remember running down. <laughs> The um, the street and then the court that we lived on because we used to live only about a block away from each other, but it seemed like a world apart where you live is just behind a development, but it's it's open and it's this old is it would you call it a Victorian house? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an older Victorian house. What it's probably hundred years old, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's land, there's vineyard. You would never know that just half a block away are these subdivisions. Um, we lived about a block away, and there was a sheep. <laughs> running down the street and then right after that there were our neighbor kids and your kids on bikes and scooters you know chasing after it somebody might have had a lasso going i'm not sure it was like et when they're like that last scene of et when they're all like riding their bikes trying to like get him back to his home home planet that's what it was like the whole all the kids in the neighborhood on their bikes herding the sheep up our like uh, little driveway back to our house because they had gotten out there was like four of them, I think, actually. It, it seemed to me there was more than one. This was some years <laughs> ago, but it seemed like I heard of sheep just flying down and yeah. then this gaggle of kids just <laughs> doing whatever they could to get them back. Um, now, the fruit. You guys manage orchards. You grow fruit. And the farmer's market, I know, um, for you, you both, but specifically Jill especially, right? Yeah. Don't you serve on farmer's market board and... And tell, tell me about the fruit growing that you do. Well, when we moved to Napa, we'd lived in Davis. Uh, I'd lived there for about 14 years. And Davis has an amazing farmer's market twice a week. There's tons of organic farms around Davis. Uh, we're actually good friends with several of the organic farmers that live in the area. We were um, trading Steve was helping one of our organic farming friends with their fruit orchards, consulting on pest management and Help, and we would get in exchange uh, a CSA box every week from them. So we were just used to, we had a big garden. We were just used to having lots of uh, fresh fruits and vegetables mm. year round when we lived in Davis. And when we moved to Napa, uh, it seemed like everybody had vineyards, but nobody was really growing food. And that kind of shocked us. And you'd go to the farmer's market or the grocery store, and all the food that was being sold came from outside of Napa. Yeah, yeah, and it's true. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of stunned by that, seeing farmer's markets, but nothing local Napa. Right. You'd have to go over to Winters, Davis, yeah. you know, Sassoon, but nothing from here in Napa. So we decided we wanted to grow fruit, and we love who doesn't love a fresh peach off of a tree or a fresh apricot? I mean, it's just oh. like the most amazing thing. It's one of it the best loses, things in the world. I know. And, and, and you know, picking it un, a little underripe so that you can ship it to, you know, the, the supermarket or something or a lot underripe, really, you, the quality just goes down hugely. So I really wanted to uh, grow uh, fruit and be able to sell it in Napa. So we only sell the fruit in Napa. We actually had this opportunity. Um, Steve's partner and his um, consulting company had this section of his vineyard they had to pull out because there was a pest that was destroying the vineyard, and they were just going to plant meadow. And I said, oh, this would be a perfect place to plant a fruit orchard. Yeah. And so we planted the fruit orchard, and then um, some people found out about us from this Napa Valley Life magazine. Uh -huh. And it's funny because here in front of me is this 12th 
annual intriguing people of Napa, of Napa issue. Mm-hmm. And when we first moved to Napa, we were one of the intriguing people of Napa in this Napa Valley Life magazine. And you are so intriguing. <laughs> you should be in every every issue <laughs> yeah. of the intriguing And then people. they were looking for people who had done stuff not in wine and grapes in some, some oh, sorry, in the in the county that wasn't in um, the wine and grape world. And so even though we were, we also had this other thing we were doing, the fruit trees. So we were featured in there. And then um, some people who were, who were um, building a house and, and planning their, their landscaping wanted to do fruit orchards, and they saw the article, so they reached out to us. And then we ended up planting the fruit, more fruit orchards in their yard, and we managed those as well as the original location. So we have two locations where we have fruit orchards. And we um, sell the fruit. I do all of the harvesting I sell to local restaurants and at the farmer's market and my kids help and Steve once in a while I'll let him help but usually he just (laughs) (laughs) he's not into the fruits or I know I I love growing the fruits um but but um she gets mad at me because at the um I browbeat people that are squeezing the peaches at the farmer's market. Oh, good for you, though. They're all right. That's right. Trust us. Don't squeeze my fruit. <laughs> like the, the, don't squeeze the Charmin guy. <laughs> As you should, well, you're very into quality. I mean, that shows through the wines and the grapes that you grow. Well, name some names for restaurants. If people come to Napa Valley, where are they going to, where they go, you know, locals want to go out and try your yeah. uh, fruit. Which restaurants? Well, and, um, it's June and July when the fruit is mostly um, that I have the fruits, mm-hmm. and it's... Uh, I do this little round Zuzu in downtown Napa. It's all downtown Napa that I Great. sell to. Norman Rose, Pizzeria Zorro, ABC, uh, the, the breakfast. Bake, the bakery. ABC, bakery, the yeah. bakery, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a no tree. Wonderful. It's a good client list. Yeah. And then you're also at the Napa Farmer's Market. Do you right. do Up on Valley as well? No, or? just Napa on just Saturdays Napa. in July and August. Sounds great. Now, tell me about this community alliance with the family farmers that you're mentioned earlier is that something you're still involved in i'm not i'm you know still connected to the people who are involved though you know some longtime friends but um it's a nonprofit that's been around for a very long time probably 35 years or so at this point and it was started um with the idea of helping family farmers with their marketing and kind of grew from there There there's a lot of different uh, kinds of marketing that small farmers can benefit from, like the farmer's markets, Mm -hmm. uh, community-supported agriculture, um, you know, trying to have sort of cooperatives, that kind of thing. But then it's also focused on sustainable agriculture and legislation um, to help with water rights issues and also different marketing strategies for farmers. That's great, advocating for the small family farmer. Yeah. And you also, I think you talk about sustainability and living off the land, and you really use what you grow. I mean, you cook with the vegetables, the fruit, and even the animals that you grow. Do you want to talk about that at all? And you teach that also, don't you, in elementary schools? We um, have have always had a big garden and uh, get most of our food from the garden. And then we have chickens and sheep, and the sheep graze in the vineyard during the winter for the cover crop. So mm-hmm. they uh, are kind of integral part of our farming operation. So we do have a vineyard on our property, but we like to think of it as a farm because we do integrate all these other things. We have a lot of things that attract wildlife on the property as well. Owl boxes, raptor perches, bird boxes. We planted a hedgerow along the creek that's, uh, that 
encourages beneficial insects and bees. So oh, great. trying to it's part of the pest control you were talking yeah. about mm-hmm. earlier. Steve. Pest man- management. Pest management. Right. It's a very key difference. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> we can't yeah. control. No, yeah, I guess you can't, but you can manage. Yeah. I've got some right. aphids in my garlic patch right now. Yeah. Off the air, you're going to talk to me about that. But. Right, exactly. But so you, you're using all of this and even the animals. Yep. You, you we have do sh- eat the animals. We do. You. Yep. Yep. And uh, with two uh, teenage boys, uh, it barely covers our our food our food consumption right now. Really? <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll, be, we'll be slaughtering sheep tomorrow morning, actually. Oh, really? And what timing is the public invited? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it, I mean, it's it's interesting that it's Passover, you know, coming up, and um, that's true. And Easter, and right. um, and Easter, and so the, you know these you know it's farming in a Mediterranean um, Mediterranean climate as opposed to you know you know Europe and or then the whole. Midwestern and eastern part of the U.S. is totally mm-hmm. different um, agricultural rhythm. But okay. farming in a Mediterranean climate, it's amazing how the um, sort of the biblical holidays totally coincide. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's something that, that, you know, so this is the time you slaughter the sheep because the grass is, is going to dry out pretty soon. So now it's time. They've, they've fed on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's time to feed on them. Yeah, right. exactly. You can't, keep that, many sheep. You can't keep that many animals over the summer in a Mediterranean climate because you don't have food for them. So I you see. have to, you know, keep them on. Hey, so there's all these interesting things. And the kids parallels. are cool with that. You know, they don't oh, mind yeah. that these things were, I guess they weren't really pets to begin with. They were, but they're there and they've probably no, been they, taking care the of them. Adults and have more kind of preconceived ideas the kids uh, have always been fine with it yeah they've grown up with it but, but there's a key rule is you don't name an animal that you're gonna <laughs> right eat. you know uh once you give it a name then it's then it's um more of a pet yeah it, yeah. it becomes a a, a a being with status understood yeah my folks i remember them telling me they were at a dinner party this is probably 25 years ago where somebody had raised a, a sheep well it was it was a lamb i guess and um it had named, and during dinner, you know, the host said, Are, "Isn't <laughs> terrible, isn't Pedro delicious?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and they kind of quit eating at that point because you're right. You said, give the thing a name, you can't eat it. Yeah. You're too attached. We have to take a break. When we come back, let's talk wine because you guys are rising stars, and you're there. You've risen, stars of the wine scene, the California wine scene right now. Let's get into that when we come back. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, back to Napa Valley's ambassador for good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, John Fingelstein. Thank you, Mr. Lauren Mole. I sure do appreciate that fine endorsement. You're welcome, John. Great. We've got a great show going today. We have Steve Mathiason and Jill Klein Mathiason of Mathiason. Simple. Yep. How'd you come up with that name for your wines? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> you probably tried every other every other name, right? We tried everything. Did you really? Uh, and and I mean, we've. The, it's so bizarre. You can have. Like, like we came up with a name that was, if it's used in any kind of alcohol, beer, spirits, and trademarked in any, and it's a, a piece of a name, you still can't do it. So we come up with a name, we think, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that Whole Foods has a seasonal beer that contains that word. Oh, yeah, so you can't use it. And you're like, seriously? Or a Russian vodka that isn't even imported into the U.S., but they go ahead and trademark their name in the U.S. Mm. And so... 
So You're safe going with your name. Go with the name. And hopefully be... somebody else isn't, you know, luckily your name is not, you know, yeah, Bud Weiser. Yeah, and luckily something. we're not planning on selling the brand. <laughs> right, right. you got to hang on to it. That's one of, those, one of those rules of the wine business is the, is the, the first Second, third, fourth, and fifth rule are all don't use your own name. Right. <laughs> I think so. about that all the time because, you know, my name, Judd yeah. Zill, and wh- what do I do if I ever want to retire or sell this off? I'm, yikes, you know, you see what happened to uh, Charles Shaw, who was, you know, a member of the community in St. Helena, and he sold his brand, and nothing happened to it for a long time, and then all of a sudden it got resurrected, and you see what happened there. And a couple yeah. weeks ago I had Bruce Adels sitting in your seat right there, the Sausage King, and he sold... It's been a long, long time. He hasn't even owned that, but his face and his name still on the brand. Well, that's amazing because I didn't even know that he didn't own it anymore. Yeah. That's a, so, so there you go. It's kind of safe going with your name, but you're right. You can't ever sell it. Yeah. But back to Matthiasen in its current state, you guys, you guys are stars of California wine right now. It's incredible uh, the the reviews you're getting and the press. San Francisco Chronicle Winemaker of the Year. And may I quote what was written here? It said. Um, if one person stands to rewrite the trajectory of California wine in Napa's luxurious heart, no less, it is Steve Mathiason. For that reason, he is the Chronicle's winemaker of the year. No pressure, Steve. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Rewriting the trajectory of California wine. Would you like to speak to that in some way? Like, What, what trajectory are, are you taking us on? Um, back. 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 This is what I like. Go ahead. Yes, and so, it, so um, you know, I I like wines that I, you, we can drink the whole bottle and function. <laughs> you know? We had a bottle of Riesling last night with dinner, and um, woke up this morning feel good. And and you know, and, and that's and what good is a wine you can't drink? <laughs> True enough. So so your point, I think, is I mean, I've tasted your wines. I've had the good fortune to have them. You seem to have, um, you know, keep alcohols in check. Uh, the fruit flavors really come through, but I assume you're you're managing that in the vineyard, getting the flavor out of the grape before it gets too sugar ripe. Right. I think that's that's the idea. Is that your yeah. that's your thing? Yeah. Trying. Well, I mean, you know, I wish that we had a silver bullet to accomplish that, but mm-hmm. that's the goal, and so that's okay. what we try to accomplish is as best possible is get, is have fruit that's ripe with when the sugars aren't out of check, but it's also um, the question of just of just picking it when the acid is still there and the sugars aren't out of check, and you think you know it might get a little bit more flavorful, and but then we're going to end up with one, with a wine that we can't drink, and so so you know making tough decisions and saying we're just going we're going to go for it, and we're, and pick the fruit and make the wine. So in this trend of uh, you know very ripe, highly extracted alcoholic wines, you're kind of the the punk rocker. You're bucking current trends. Which is fitting, actually, now that I think about it. I remember having a discussion with you a long time ago, probably 15 years ago, about the time I first met you, about that you were a punk rocker. Yeah. So you're staying true to your roots. I remember talking about, like, Minor so, Threat and the Minutemen. And it's always been my, your thing. my nature. You know, when, when back when, when I would go to punk shows, mm-hmm. and, you know, they used to, they used to call it slam, slam dancing or slamming, and everyone would just run into each other, right? right. And then it sort of morphed in the late 80s to moshing and everyone ran in a circle okay <laughs> and so i would go opposite oh so you were the punk within the punk <laughs> so that's just the way i'm way i'm wired basically fantastic and so I like well it's working out for you i mean people are lining up i'm sure that these great reviews and winemaker of the year has not hurt business at all 
It's definitely helpful. Folks are lining up. You're probably selling. You're starting to allocate the wines. Are you getting to that Start, point? Starting to. Starting to. That's great. And oh, Lauren. Oh dear, Lauren. Uh, yeah, yeah, here it, he comes. It's Judd. Oh. No, he's guys. Okay, before he gets here, I've got to explain this to you. I think he's coming. Yeah, I think he's coming this way. Um, this happened a few weeks ago. We had Heidi and Bo Barrett in, and this guy. I guess it's a guy. It's kind of an it crashed the studio. Here at Judd's Napa Valley Show Laboratories, we've developed a robot made from um, parts we found in Robert Parker's recycling bin. Uh, <laughs> something got a little crossed in the wiring, and instead of the wine connoisseur robot that our scientists were trying to make, it turned into wine snob robot. And I, yeah, he's coming in right now. Oh, he's back. Can you, can you hear me? Are you there, Wine Snob? Oh, there, yeah, here he is. Okay, well... Nice to see you again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here he is. Uh, please meet uh, Wine Snob Robot, uh, Jill, Steve, Wine Snob Robot. Hello. I'm, I, I can't say I've ever heard of you. Are you new to winemaking? <laughs> well, Wine Snob Robot, no. Um, <laughs> no. They've been doing this a long time. It's a little while, but we still get that question. (laughs) Sure. That's impolite, man. You know, listen, I think the best way um, to appreciate what they do, since maybe you haven't heard of them, is to to try this wine. Here's a little, they brought some wine, so here's a little rosé for you to to give a sip to. Oh, great. Here, taste this. I'm sorry, I had to spit it out so quickly. What was that? (laughs) I, I had to spit it out. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. You're, you're supposed to spit it out after you taste it. Yes, I know, but this time it was involuntary. <laughs> kind of like when you swallow a bug by mistake. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, well, what did, what did, what did, you, what did you think? Well, if you had a our, descriptor. Our, our wine's better with food. Yes. Um, well, I found it to be resplendent. Well, resplendent. Well, that, that sounds like a compliment. Very, very generous wine snob robot. Yes, much like... The carpet I'm standing on is resplendent. Even the men's room here at the studio is resplendent. <laughs> no, can you elaborate on that? I mean, S- Steve and Jill, I'm sure, love hearing a critic's praise. Oh, maybe we can talk about something else instead, like hobbies or games or current events. No, you're getting off topic here, Wine Snob Robot. Just, just tell us honestly what you think of the Mathiasen Rosé. Be honest. Um, okay, well, uh, uh, if I had to, where can I buy some? I, you guys have a website, right? We have a website. What is that? Mathiasen. Mathiasen.com. Okay, well, you can buy a bottle from Stephen Jill, Mathiasen.com, right? Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's move on to a different wine. How about this Merlot? Oh, thank you for this bottle. This will make the perfect gift for someone I never want to speak to again. I mean, for a dear friend. Who's accustomed to drinking wine from a box? Now, come on, wine snob robot. You don't mean that. No, I enjoyed it. Life is about different experiences. For example, I enjoy the opera, but that doesn't mean I won't occasionally attend a monster truck rally. Now, hold on. Are you saying that their wine is the equivalent of a monster truck rally? That would be the best <laughs> compliment I've ever had. <laughs> here, Wine Snob Robot, just gave you a quote for your website. Okay. There you go. <laughs> now, here, how about, you guys don't mind, can I just give them a bottle as a gift to uh, take home? Here you go. Here's, a, here's a bottle. Here you go. Oh, thank you very much. Oops. <laughs> Oops. 
Oops, I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Steve, sorry, Jill. Why not robot, though? Why did you say oops before you dropped that bottle twice? <laughs> oh, I meant no disrespect. I'll, I'll pay for it. Give me another. I'll treasure it. I promise. Okay, well, here's a bottle of Cabernet, then. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on. This is ridiculous. Oops. <laughs> We all right. Just we no, can give you. Sorry. We can give you one more bottle. So, just be careful. Oh no, no, it's all right. I don't deserve it. You keep it. No, this is very expensive bottle. Okay, thank you. I'll take it. Oops. Oh, I'm sorry about Oops. that, Steve and Jill. Uh, uh, you know we have we we we're we're doing keg wine now, and the kegs are are stainless steel and a little bit sturdier. So if um you know if the robot has a hard time holding, excuse me, Mr. Robot, you have a hard time holding the bottle. Maybe like five gallons of wine, and that'll last you a little longer too. Five gallons of this delicious wine. Mm. Well, I wish I could lick it off the floor. Maybe you could sell it as a cassis flavored pine salt. Oh, come on, wine snob, bro! Now that's just rude. <laughs> uh, let me make up for it. Would you like this bottle of great cough syrup I have with me? It's twice the buzz with a better nose. <laughs> Stop knocking Oops. over those bottles. Very sorry. Oops. <laughs> no, this Cabernet has triggered a force quit. My hard drive is designed to self-destruct with wines rated below 90 in Wine Advocate. Oh, gosh. Here it comes. This is worse than the time I ordered sangria from the Olive Garden. Help, help, help me. Oh, and there he goes. What a shame. Well, wine snob robot, everyone. <laughs> Uh, Lauren, would oh, you just wheel man. the parts back to the lab? Let's see if we can get them fixed up and sure. maybe a little more polite for next time. Well, let's do that, Judd. I'll take care of that right now. All right. Thank you, sir. Let's get back to Matthiasen's here. I'm sorry you had to go <laughs> through that. We'll have to put a better lock on the door for our next guests. So with all this praise that you're getting, and um, you said you're starting to have to now allocate the wine. I'm sure sales are picking up. Um, how much wine do you actually make? How much is there to get if folks want to get it? Um, I mean, we make. It's really, we haven't added it. We haven't added it up lately, but um, um, you know, it's somewhere in the four or five thousand case range. Okay, so a, a lot, a lot of white and rosé, a lot of different wines. We make about, I think, fifteen different wines at the last count. Is that right? Fifteen? Yeah. What? And, and um, but some of them are only fifty cases at a yeah, time, exactly. or twenty cases a lot of, a lot at of, a time. A lot of playing. A lot of. You know, for for the we like to do different things. We have luckily the wine club is 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 a, enables us to to just explore, and we're making Zinfandel, Pinot, stuff we've never made before. Okay, that's fun. And, and a lot of different Italian varieties: Schio, Patino, Rafosco, Rabola Gialla. We um, yeah, you <laughs> Elianico, <laughs> Montepulciano, Barbera. It's Greco amazing. <laughs> you where do you find all these grapes? I mean, I know you are the premier, and that is the name of your company as well. You know, the premier. You were the premier wine consult, uh, grape growing consultant here, so I shouldn't ask where do you find all these grapes, but who is growing these odd uh, varieties, all these Italian varieties that you don't see much of in California? Yeah, I mean some of that, the, the, you know. So our, our little our little micro home vineyard is where we have the ability to graft whoever we want. Oh, so we've put all kind of different stuff in there, but then there there, it's it's um, the nice you know I mean na- now I guess people. Knowing who we are and knowing that we're so it's like the, the experience you had with the orchard, knowing who we are. If you're into that sort of thing, you end up reaching out. And so and so we've found these different 
opportunities here there and you know like we graft we planted greco de tufo and um up in rutherford a little vineyard what um, is greco de tufo because i you know i've been around a long time and i've got to say i don't even know what variety yeah, that a, is I, a, I don't it's, know it's it. a white grape from sort of the um this the um sort of the central um western coast area of italy and you know it's it's um it's a great variety what can you compare it, or what would you say some of the descriptors are if you're going to describe it to somebody? Describe, oh, that's a toughie. Um, you, you just say, buy a bottle for me and taste it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Matthiasen.com. M-A-T-T-H-I. It has that quality that I... It, it, it has sort of richness and weight like you get in a Chardonnay, but mm-hmm. it still maintains acid and sort of a mineral character, refreshing. You know, so it's a warmer region white. And, you know, the... A lot of the warmer, the lot, it's like the a lot of the cooler climate whites tend to lean towards, lean towards rich. You know, Chardonnay would be a great example, right? That Chardonnay can get rich on you in a hurry if there's any heat. Uh-huh. And so these varieties from, the, from a hotter area, you know, like like Peak Pool Blanc, is one that is one that we're um, that we're um, working with in Yolo County. It's a, I mean, that variety you'd never get it ripe in Napa. Stick it in, but in a hot region, it maintains this laser acidity. Wow. That um you know that is exactly what you want in a hot climate. It's refreshing. How it doesn't cool. have a whole lot of flavor, but it's super refreshing. And so that's a that's a great spring summer quaff. Yeah. And you have access to all these growing areas because you have clients in all these growing areas. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And then and 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 again, it's just kind of the network is spread out. And um, you <laughs> know, like this bright this vineyard in Yolo County was a you know a Merlot vineyard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wanted us to actually we were going to make the wine for them. But then it ended up that ended up not working out. But in the meantime, we um, so we ended up buying the fruit. But in the meantime, we're, like, we're not going to make Merlot. I worked out there trying to grow Merlot in Yolo County. And it's not going to happen because it's too hot. I see. And, you know, we couldn't at R.H. Phillips, we, which is winery out there I worked for, we could not make good Merlot. Mm. And so um, so we they gave, carte, gave me carte blanche to graft it. And we grafted all these warm climate varieties. And um, and and now we're buying the fr- we're buying the fruit from the from the vineyard that I sort of orchestrated the grafting. That's it was just <laughs> That's worked great. out super well. And and we're making these. I mean, it's uncharted territory. I'm trying to make Alianico in Yolo County, but the, oh, just that thing again. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> like so, everyone so else. How do you do that? <laughs> but then, but then, if you have the right variety in the right spot, it turn. We've found out that it's actually easy. It just turned. You know, the right variety in the right spot turns into good wine. Wonderful. It, it, the challenge is trying to go the wrong variety in the wrong spot. And we know. actually started a fun new project called Tondu, and it's a lower price wine that's sold in a one liter bottle with a crown cap, like a like a beer bottle top. And there's a white wine and a red wine, and both of, all of the grapes come from that vineyard that Steve's talking about in Yolo County. And the white wine's a Vermentino, and then the red wine's a very refreshing, easy, quaffable. Drink made from these three Italian varieties from hot, hot parts of Italy. It's delicious. I had a chance to try that recently. It comes in that liter bottle, so you get a big bottle. And remind me of the price of that because you stunned yeah, 20, me when you told me. $21. 21 bucks for a liter of this awesome, high quality uh, wine that you make. And that's called Tendu. Yeah. T E N D U. And is that available also at Mathiason.com or wine club members? How does, how does somebody get a hold of that? It's actually not because we're oh. we're doing that with uh, partners and we're just selling it through our wholesale channels. So okay. we uh, they sell it at um, the Oxbow um, 
wine merchants cool, in Napa. Cool, sure. And then a uh, bunch of wine shops in the Bay Area. Great. And maybe if I walk over a couple blocks to your pad with a few bottles of uh, something from Judd's Hill, yeah, we can make a little swap. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be set for spring. I've got to ask you something. This is sort of an important question that the listeners here in Napa Valley and really anywhere worldwide have been clamoring to know. I've been getting emails, been getting tweets. And speaking of tweets, let's reiterate once again. <laughs> I'm interrupting myself. <laughs> Would you like to get your hands on Judd's goodies? I can't check to see if anybody's tweeted yet. There's no, I don't get any reception here in the studio. But we have these beautiful jams from uh, Matthiasen that Jill makes from the fruit that she grows. And I'm willing to share if you want them. If you want to swing by Judd's Hill in the next three days, I'll have them, I'll, I'll have them up for grabs for three days. The first person that tweets with the hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show and the words, get in my hands on Judd's goodies. Hey, I'll share these jams with you. Come on by. It'll be fun. So what everybody wants to know. Is, is there a hashtag? JNVS That's is right. the hashtag. And these items can be yours if the price is right. That's right, Lauren Mole. Thank you very much. Oh, high five across the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what everyone wants to know, Jill and Steve, do you go nuts for donuts? They're bringing a pink box to you right now. Ooh. Buttercream. A small one, that is. Oh, yeah. Right there laid before you is a fine selection of some of Napa's finest donuts from uh, Buttercream. Pink. Why don't you each choose one of those? Are you going for pink? No, I'm just commenting on Oh, pink. okay. Well, pink is one of the colors of Buttercream. That yeah, is. and your rosé that the wine snob robot yeah. Uh, dissed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Steve, you've got the raised glazed. Uh, Jill, you going for anyone? Still contemplating? Oh, yeah, the big buttermilk nub. That is a good one. Uh, the butter, the buttercream, one of the things we love about Napa yeah. is the is sort of the old school Napa that has really predates so much of the wine industry and it being a tourist center and all these things. And buttercream is so much of that old Napa. Coming up on 66 years, uh, their history. Yeah, the place is so... Is we had the owner, uh, Jerry Kloss, in here over the holidays, so if anybody wants to hear that episode, he was a lot of fun. We had Gordon Lustig in here playing uh, Thanksgivinga songs at the same time. <laughs> That's uh, via iTunes, or go to JudsNapaValleyShow.com and look for that. So as you're nibbling these donuts, which one of your wines would you pair? First with that buttermilk nub, Jill. Well, we do do a vermouth. Vermouth. Mm, it's sweet. A little bit sweet and a little spice, I'll bet. That sounds yeah. wonderful. Steve, uh, the chocolate glazed. Maybe Cabernet? Uh, maybe the Cab. Yeah, the Cab. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'll bet that would be well, great. We might want to reach back to one of, the, one of our dessert wines. Ooh, ooh, okay. Yeah, Flora. 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 It's a dessert. What's the variety on that? Flora. Oh, that is the variety. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, see, it shows how much I know. How long have I been in this business? Yeah, no one knows well, that variety. I think there's only one vineyard in the state. And you got your hands on it. But now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Madlands. That's right. It's time to play the fill-in-the-blank word game. You guys know how this goes. You've got kids. You probably played this as a kid yourself. Are you ready to play? We are ready. Okay, what I need is an adjective. Kerfluffily. Kerfluffily. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Uh, I don't think they need to be real words, so that's fine. Another adjective. Bristly. Oh. Okay, a noun. Megaphone. Megaphone. A verb. Conquer. You guys are good. 
A plural noun. Satellites. Satellites. A plural noun. Um, protrusions. <laughs> I like that one. Two more. Plural noun and plural noun. So you can think ahead. Lots of plural nouns here. Feelers. Feelers and... Oh, another one? Yeah, one more. Oh, um, wackadoodles. Wackadoodles. Whatever those might be. So what I did earlier is I went onto Mathiason.com, M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S-S-O-N.com, and looked at your uh, About Yourselves page. Uh, took a little snippet, and you've just rewritten it. Here we go. It says about Mathiason, <clears throat> our production is kerfluffily but bristly. <laughs> to, that end, to that end, our hands literally touch every vine and megaphone. <laughs> As a family, we conquer together, make satellites together, and grow protrusions together. <laughs> we value the land and love to produce grapes, wine, and the sweetest, juiciest, organic, tree-ripened feelers and wackadoodles you've ever tasted. Steve Mathiason, Jill Klein. Mathiason, thank you so much for joining today. Before we go, we couldn't let this go by without recognizing that today... April 1st, and this is no joke, Steve's birthday today. No fooling. No fooling. So we're going to go out with a round of happy birthday. Wine Snob Robot looks like he's been pieced back together. Will you join us on this? I'll try. Okay, so here we go. One, two, three. Happy Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Steve. Happy birthday. You've been listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.